You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Another episode of Sleepless in Seattle here at the PBE. Um, today is a great episode. We have uh, once again our GM Busha. Busha, do you want to say hi? Hello. <laughs> and then after multiple, multiple tries, we finally have our other GM, Jimbo. Hey, all. How's it going? <laughs> and then what makes today a little bit more interesting is we have a special guest, a first time in our podcast. We have the one and only Punk. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> Yay. So we have um, three really great veterans of the PBE, you know, both um, GMs of our Seattle uh, Sea Serpents, and then Punk, who's really a veteran of the game. So uh, why don't we start off with Punk? Um, welcome to the podcast. And um, if if I think all of us have seen it, but um, we 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 were able to catch you on the the live stream of um, Laptop Hound, who's a very prominent um, OTP um, streamer um, on Twitch, and um, it seems like that helped boost a lot of the new S forty two class. So uh, if you could maybe talk a little bit about just yourself, your experience, and then that, that Laptown Hound um, stream and how that went. So the easy thing to say is is I joined the league um, back in October of 2021. So I've been around for a while, but not, not a long time like some of the other people. Um, I joined from one of the out-of-the-park pings. So I was one of those people that every other season saw one and got to join. So it was, it was pretty good. I, I had never heard of something along that. I've, I've played out of the park since out of the park one. So I've, I've been playing for over 25 years at this point, or almost 25 years, let's see. Cause I think it was in May of 1999 when the first one came out. So I've been playing for a long time with that, wow. done online leagues. And, and then this was the first time that I'd heard of a team league and all that stuff. So. I joined from that, and you know now now I do way too many jobs and way too many things, and try and <laughs> try and keep people, get people in the league, all sorts of different stuff. So, with the laptop thing that um, came about because back when NASBase and Attica got affiliates with Out of the Park, they were both on uh, a laptop stream, and they were talking about the PVE a little bit. And when that happened, me and Lord Parkwad were talking. And um, he had reached out to Laptop to say, hey, you know, if we can join you sometime, it'd be pretty cool. So over the last few weeks, we were planning that and getting everything set up with, with Laptop and keeping it to ourselves because it seems like, you know, every time <laughs> every time you try and plan stuff, something might go wrong. So we didn't really say anything to anybody until the day before. So 
It's, it worked out pretty well. I mean, I think we've got at least six people from it, maybe more. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we got those – are, those are the confirmed ones that I know joined and created that same day. And then two days after that is when we got the out-of-the-park ping. And there were some people that joined with that saying that they had seen us on laptop stream and then saw the, the ping and out of the park. So, you know, it, it's made the uh, draft class, I think it is now up to 38 people for the minors part. So okay, we're, good... yeah, we're doing pretty good with that. Um, that should make, um, that'd be the biggest one out of the last three classes. Um, a few seasons ago, mm. we had 48 people. So, if we get another ten, we'll we'll match that. But still, <laughs> I know there's at least one more coming. Want <laughs> one? <laughs> I can't say I haven't known that for a while. Okay. I mean, I was expecting it last season, but hey, you know. Okay. Well, well, thanks, Punk, and, and all, all that great work. Um, Jimbo, I, I know, uh, if I'm correct, it's been a long time since you've been on actual podcast. So you want to do a little bit more uh, of an intro of yourself and then uh, what you've been up to lately? <laughs> yeah, so I can't remember which podcast it was because I know, like, I did the Hummus God pod. I did the one with Musha way back when. Or it was back with uh, EMS when she was doing the Women of PBE podcast, they had some people join and talk about stuff. So it's it's definitely been a long time. Like it's it's been at least it's been more than ten seasons since I've been on a podcast. That's at least like in a real life year. So in between then at that time I was probably the Flamingo or well they were the Mounties then. They were the G I was the GM of the Mounties. I turned them in the Flamingos. Right as I turned them in the Flamingos I became the GM of the Apex, uh, mm. where we went. We I think I don't remember if that was the year that we won the World Series, or I came the year after the we like I te- officially became the GM after the season we won the World Series, one or the other. Uh, so now I was the GM in Indy for a while, and then stopped GMing because I went to go to commissioner in the WSBL, which was a sim basketball league, and then that folded really fast. Um, <laughs> So I came, so I came back like a month later, and I was like, oh, I want to GM again. So then I jumped to New York, and I co-GM'd in New York. Um, and actually, that's how I played with Punk in New York for a bit too, and in Bruce City. I was gonna say, did you forget about so, Bruce City? Come on. <laughs> yeah. So so after after I went after I went back to New York, I created I created uh, my new create, which was Billy, um, and that's when me and Punk played in in Bruce City. Mm. Then what I do after that? Then I went to HO for a little while. I think I was in HO mm. for like at least five or six seasons. But nothing against HO. I just I had more fun GMing than I did in HO. I guess because I like do like I still kind of helped New York with uh like we would do like finance stuff because I like doing all like the finances of the teams. That's like my favorite mm-hmm. thing to do for some reason. Like just spreadsheeting and all that stuff. For some reason, it lets me... I have fun with it. Uh, so, when... See, well, 
the real story, well, me and Musha from the beginning have always wanted to GM a majors team. So when we knew Seattle, mm. when we knew Seattle uh, had an opening, it was kind of like, let me see if I can get permission to, see, like, to talk to him first. Because we definitely, I definitely didn't talk to him before that. I definitely waited before I got permission. Um, mm. 100%. Yeah. Um, so then when I did, I was like, hey, do you want to... Seattle's been looking for GMs for like three... Like, Seattle was looking for GMs for like three seasons. They they were both trying to get out for a while. And like, I kind of oh. felt, felt bad. And I was like, I kind of want a GM again. Not necessarily Seattle specifically, but I was like, you know what? There's not another chance for us like both to go GM. Mm. You know? Like, it doesn't happen too often that both GMs leave at once. So we're like, this is probably the chance for us to do it. Um, and then that's that's that. And then I also I always had wanted to actually I always had wanted to go back to New York if I could, but since I mm. went to Seattle, and then of course once I went to Seattle, the New York spot opened back up. So it was kind of like, oh dang. But either way, <laughs> it's been since then, it's been a lot of fun in Seattle, though. I, I like I like what we have cooking up. I'm not gonna spoil everything because I'll let people keep thinking that we just don't know what we're doing. <laughs> uh but we'll we'll see what happens soon. So that's basically been my uh story since my last podcast. So mm. <laughs> uh but yeah, a question for you. Uh I and it seems like you've partnered with, you know, Jimbo for quite a while from both the minors and the majors. Um can you tell me uh, wh- what is it about Jimbo that's really worked with <laughs> uh well with uh, you guys together and um were there parts of your prior GM experiences that you try to take with you um to this this the most recent Seattle role? Sure. Um, well, as far as Jimbo goes, he's one of my best friends in the league. Literally, like one of the first people that I ever talked to in the league, and we kind of just clicked from day one. Even though he's a Red Sox fan and I'm a Rays fan, I'll let him go. It's fine. But no, we very much rib each other about that stuff. But no, um, we kind of just we think a lot alike. To be honest, um, there's many times where I'll you know I'll post something in Discord while he's typing, and he literally says the same sentence. Um, that happens a lot, if you haven't noticed. And, and um, <laughs> we think a lot alike. We have a lot, you know, we have, you know, we have very similar style um, as far as that goes. Um, and to be honest, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again right now. I've never actually intended on ever jamming again. Um, and mm-hmm. then when the opportunity came up, Jimbo came calling and I couldn't say no because he's like, you know, again, one of my best friends in the league. And it just seemed like an interesting opportunity. And I'm actually glad that I jumped on it. Um, yeah. Uh, that was pretty much that. I mean, and as far as prior experience, I mean, I guess you take bits and pieces from everywhere. Um, but really, not being a GM, but being a war room member in New Orleans kind of impacted me the most, honestly. Mm. Um, just the way they run a team, the way that they draft people, it's very similar to the way that we do things, which is we kind of draft users, don't worry so much about the player, we'll figure that part out later, you know. Um, and that's kind of how they run the show, too. So, um, yeah, as far as that's concerned, that's kind of what I've brought with me and kind of get a little bit of the backstory. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I would I would say just just to tag onto that, I kind of have feel the same like obviously feel the same way in regards to me and Musha. We just have very similar 
mindsets and you know we also both trust each other to know like what's the best bet for the team and we don't question each other's real ideas we're just like hey if you think it works we i trust you enough to go through with it and we'll let it roll like stuff like that but also it's like as he said picking stuff up from new orleans when i picked up when i went to indianapolis i picked up a lot of things on like they indianapolis built a team from like scratch it was like the most jumbled team of misfits ever and Mm. we ended up turning it around to win a world series like if you go back like in the history or if you ask people about like the indie 35 to 1 odds season (laughs) that's that's the reason why there's a limit now on like how much you can bet in the casino and (laughs) like how much the odds can go for a season because like just the way that that team worked and just like picking people's brains for like strategies and stuff like that it was just a team of like it was a team built around uh i think it was just built around defense it was like the whole team was almost all magicians like old magicians mm. not the new ones and it was just like a super defensive team with good pitching and just it just meshed really good but also there was some other strats and little things that you know i'll keep that you know secret for because uh, Ms. Ms. Obvious was the GM for that, so I'll mm. keep their things. But I obviously took some of that knowledge. But then even going into uh, when I went to New York, see, when I went to Indy, it was still like our Indy was a newer, like Indy was an expansion team. So like mm. when I left Indy, it was like the end of that expansion, like of all the expansion players' careers at the same time. So there was no like rebuild that I got to be a part of. Mm. Um, but when I, when I went to New York, I learned from Enoch uh all of he kind of started teaching me like or i picked up from him like you know here's the best way like you can go about replacing people or like basically constantly improving your team while still Mm. while still rebuilding at the same time Mm. and it's it's a real tricky thing but it can work especially as long as that but it really what it requires is people who are willing to like work with you too like as far as players like people who are there for the team, you know, like they don't mind switching around. Like, uh, I think from our team specifically this recently, uh, Shia has been one that's been mm-hmm. helping the team a lot, like moving around everywhere. Um, Musha's moving his player around everywhere. So it's like, it's just stuff like that. Like, you kind of, like Musha said, you don't worry about the player, you worry about the user and then adjust mm-hmm. from there. Because we could, if say we draft, you know, a random right fielder, but we have four right fielders already. You know, like the user's worth it. We could still find a way to make it work, even if it's just like little mm. things. So it's just like a whole like process of constantly building and like replacing at the same time. I don't, I don't like using replace because it sounds really bad. Like we just use people until <laughs> they're we just use them until we don't need them anymore. But it's you know it's also part of the part of the process. So it was like an interesting little nifty thing. Like I learned a lot of how to plan. I should say. I guess that's the whole gist of it all. Well, well, if you look at the New York team, right, um, if I understand them correctly, at least the last few seasons, it feels like they don't fully ever kind of rebuild and they try to always retool in a sense, right? Um, and I know for us in Seattle, um, it seems like we're, we're going through that rebuild and, you know, we have teams like the Cancun, Indy, um, I think Vancouver, everyone's trying to rebuild at the moment. So do you believe, do you guys believe in like a total rebuild and taking, you know, a couple of seasons back to kind of rebuild or do you follow that new york model where it's you know it makes more sense to compete and try to kind of retool a little bit at a time you, you mean, for me, me yeah yeah 
I'll say for me, I would say that I believe in retooling and just keep trying to compete while retooling. The issue was when we stepped in, there was nobody in the minors, literally one player in the minors. That was it. Um, so we kind of wouldn't retool. We had to rebuild. We felt like we had to press, you know, we kind of had to press the doomsday button and trade off everybody and just start from scratch and kind of build our own team in a sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off that too. Um, yeah, it's so like when we came, basically our plan was we want, we, we want to get, we did a full rebuild to get us into that state that we could retool from then on out. Mm. So basically, it, we've kind of already started, like in a way we've been slowly like going towards that. Well, you'll notice like every season since we've took over, obviously season 30, season 38 was the season, at the end of season 30 is when we took over. That's when we started like moving all of our pieces, you know, like started building up draft picks, things like that. Then in 39, you saw us start replacing. Season 40, you saw us slowly start retooling just some other things. Even though they're still lower TPE things, it still just gets us away from that. Like now we have users, we're not using inactives, we're keeping people we're keeping people involved, which I think is more important, you know, because there's to me there's no point to keep and inactive if we're gonna i mean if we're gonna lose anyway what's the point mm. of having the player keep the player more involved get them because they might get more like immersed as being part of that build up the team like grow with the team type style you know um so that's kind of like what we had to do and there was some things where it was just like there's rules for gms you know like if it was the case i would have i would have retired my player and made a new one Mm -hmm. uh but with us having with like the draft pick rules for gms we didn't want to like waste a first round pick on having to get my own player even though i had a you trade a first round pick to get my own player that was a big thunder um <laughs> i had a trade i had to trade a first rounder to get my player thanks enoch for that one um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like for, I believe in both ways, but I think retooling is the better one. But you have to build, you have to rebuild to get to that. Yeah, point. Mm. yeah definitely. To I agree with that. Is that you have to be at a point that you can retool where it, a lot of the teams that win, you know, you got those four or five season windows of where your team's coming, you're, you're growing together. But when you're doing that, that means that it's kind of boom and bust, is that you're going to have a wave. Mm. And and that's what's been amazing with Enoch in New York is I believe this is the 22nd straight season in the playoffs. Um, wow. Just took over for, <laughs> for um, San Antonio a few seasons ago because they had the record at that point. But that's the thing is that if you have the team built and, and set to go like that, you're good. Um, to keep retooling and retooling. But a retool doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win in the end comparative to those teams that go mm. full rebuild and have everyone buy in. So, like, with Seattle, they were one of the ex last expansion teams, and they, they had a bunch of people that, you know, bought into that rebuild, and everybody came up together, and they were able to be, be one of those strong mm. teams um, – in the World Series over and over again and, you know, keep trying to win. So it's 
you know, I can see both sides of it. I mean, obviously, rebuilding is kind of disappointing for some people, but for others, that's what people want to be part mm. of. So, you know, it, it's... I don't think there's one catch-all of which is better. It's just you're going to probably have more constant people trying on those those teams that are just retooling compared to the full rebuilds. Uh, did, do you ever win a title um, during this long playoff streak? Two of them? Uh, New York? New York definitely won some, but I don't think... Me, I think I don't think we ever won. No, we punk. One time we got close. It was bad, and then we had like fifteen straight playoff losses. Um, they won back to back championships near the beginning of this streak. So it's been, I think, like fifteen seasons now. Wow. Yeah, they won. In, they won in twenty forty and twenty forty one. They went back to back. I just pulled it up right now. So yeah, they've they've been in the playoffs, but they've been on a World Series. Yeah, throughout. I think I think they've been to two two World Ooh. Series in that time. Because um, I know that they lost to DVS in Game Seven a few seasons ago. Well, actually, that was my first season in New York um, when I got drafted. So that's actually been a long time ago. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was the I think that was the season that I went there when I was GMing there still too. So, yeah, I know we we went to one, but we lost it. I think I'm pretty sure, at least. You must be nice to go to a World Series <laughs> with a Majors team. Yeah. Like I was literally on some of the most dominant teams in PBE history, and they just couldn't get out of the first round of the playoffs, like ever. Oh, oh wait. no! I lied. I was in the I was in the minors still. I was GMing. I was GMing, <laughs> but I was in the minors. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the other, I think the other cool thing of having you all here uh, is we're all GMs, which is interesting, right? <laughs> uh, so I think Punk um, is here now. And I, you know, I know we're, we know you're the GM of Bruce City. Uh, have you been GMs of um, any of the major teams, or has it really just... No, again, I mean, this is only... Let me think. This is my 13th season here, 12th season here. Um, so... I started and was drafted in the second round by Bruce City, and you know, again, I'd never heard of a sim league and got all, all into it, everything with it, and I mean, I was gung ho about it from the beginning, and so, um, Jabs and Plague were both the, the Bruce City GMs at that time. They they had both created it as the last expansion team, and mm. I just kind of joined and and did everything I could with them, and then when. Um, Plague was going to Detroit to be the GM. They asked if I wanted to take over. So that was in season 33, I believe. And then um, three seasons ago, we won the first ever Bruce City Championship. So it's been a uh, been a fun seven, seven, eight seasons now that I've been there. Um, how has it been compared to like the different war rooms that you've been part of um, in the majors? Um, how is like the minors um, kind of the GM role? In the war I mean, the biggest difference is going to be is, is in the majors, you've got basically the people that are on your team. Um, I mean, obviously, if there's somebody that's that used to play for your team in the majors but's now on another team, you're not going to have them in your war room just because you know you're fighting against each other. 
So mm. in the majors, you're just going to have the people that are on your team or maybe people that no longer um, do the PBE. Whereas in the minors, your war room is going to have, you know, a bunch of people. It'll, it can have some of the newer people that you've drafted in the last season or two. It's going to have the people that you, you had from the beginning. Um, so it, it's, it's a lot different dynamic in that is that I think the war rooms in the minors – there's not usually a lot of people that are currently on the team. I mean, again, you're only in the minors two, three, four seasons. So mm. it's not, not a, a lot of people, I think, get into the war room right away. But you're going to definitely have those people that played there 10 seasons ago and are just kind of there to help out. So it's, it's, it's a completely different dynamic between the two, but you're going to have the same type of people in both. And then um, similar to what I asked him about, um, is there a part of maybe the, the New York experience? Because it feels like, you know, what Enoch had done really, um, you know, inspired and impacted how you guys do things. Is there a part of things that you, you've brought to Bruce City that's been working or you've um, added Well, and that's to? the thing is that, again, being my first player and the entirety of my career, I've played Bruce City and New York. So ever since my first draft into New York, I mean, I've been around Enoch and he taught me tons and tons and tons of different stuff so that's why that's why actually if you look at my player name i the the uh nickname is pre-knock <laughs> so <laughs> so i'm just i'm enoch jr with learning everything and all that type of stuff so a lot of this stuff that i know about it i've learned from enoch and just um, being able to mesh that with with the culture and the different things that danny and and, and Jabs had shown me um, when I played with Bruce City. So I can't necessarily say that I brought mm. specific things. It's, you know, it's just everything's a learning situation. So a lot of it probably became hybrid of what, what I was doing and all that stuff. And then, of course, once you understand a lot more of how the actual game works um, in the PBE, and you can do a whole lot more and have that understanding. Like I said, I've, I've played out of the park forever. So the game itself, I know, but when you come <laughs> to the Sim League, it's a completely different beast, and it's going to be completely different how the players interact because of the way we use the game. Mm. That's true. Actually, I just realized... Technically, now we true. all have been minors GMs. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like some of us have the difference of the two. I mean, for me, I think the big difference between the my big thing about the minors is mm. I feel I agree with what what Punk said. It's a lot of people who aren't on your team because a lot of times it's like former GMs and things like that, or up until like one of those long time, you know, in my case. Like, for the longest time, I think the only other... I don't think I'm in the war room for Florida, but I think I still have, like, lo uh, locker room access just because I was, like, a founders technically, of the Florida aspect of that team. Um, but, like, I was in Bruce City's war room, but then when I got picked uh, to go to Anchorage, obviously I had to leave it because I can't be in... I don't want to be in two of them because it's just not mm -hmm. that kind of way. And then uh, during my next create, whenever that <laughs> may come, definitely not next week um 
if I get picked by a different team and not by Anchorage, I'm sure I'll be leaving Anchorage's war room too. So who knows? Because <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to put. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not big on forcing myself to a team. I like mm. having the different experiences, like in each locker mm-hmm. room. So I never say like, "Oh, I only want to play for this team." It's just like if you want to have me on your team, like you got to pick me. You know, like type things. <laughs> um, but the one thing is, I, I agree with Enoch. That was like. Just like the miners' teams themselves, it's just like it, it, it's constantly changing. Your players are constantly changing, so your war rooms constantly mm. changing because they're only there for such a limited time. So it's 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 definitely a if you can consistently compete in the miners, you definitely have like a trick to you because mm. it's hard to keep rotating like a team that can constantly compete consistently when people are only there for two to three seasons because you never know what's coming in that next like turnaround. So it's like if you can constantly keep doing it, and once again, Enoch did it nonstop yeah. in the minors. I think with he was with the Hepcats, right? Yeah, with the Hepcats. Like the Hepcats have been in nearly every single like playoff ever. Wow. <laughs> so it's, just, it's just there's definitely like a tri- like there's definitely like a, a science to it, and like once you figure that out, it can be. It's just it's it's just it's 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 work. But it's it, when it pays off, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, I won back-to-back World Series as a minors GM. Also, got very lucky. Um, we did a, yeah, I did yeah, something yeah. that most GMs at the time said I was crazy for doing. I traded a whole draft for a draft. Um, I was there. I was yeah. there. <laughs> so I literally <laughs> doubled up on one draft and completely traded away the following season. Like, like just traded a whole draft for a whole draft. Um, yeah straight up like all the way down pick one through seven and um <laughs> back then we had seven rounds believe it or not in the minors um and and we got some great users i mean if you look at that i mean you know some of you know you've gone on to be some of the best gms around you know we got very lucky but i knew we completed for we competed for five straight seasons and i like enoch a lot but we kind of have a friendly rivalry i can always say that i never lost to kansas city in a playoff series <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, with now, I think the three of you, um, being kind of veteran um GMs, you know, one of the things that you know people ask around and are interested, right? Some of the newer users or people that haven't been as active but want to be a little bit more active now is, you know, uh, when is um the right time to apply for a GM? Um, uh, you know. What type of people would um, you know this GM job work really well for? And then what situations would you kind of look for just being new to the Are GM? Are you talking about for like a minor's GM or just um, a major's? Like for... I think it's just um, any... Any path. Because, yeah, you know, if, if you see it, right, one of the things that people are really interested in is you see a lot of people being, you know, GMs, being active, you know. I think for someone new, like for me, um, we've only been here two seasons, you know, you could, you know, compared to like the HO jobs or some of the other jobs, GM jobs seem um, you know, a lot more prominent, um, a lot more involved, a lot more impactful. So I think a lot of people have been, you know, kind of looking to see, you know, when would be the right time? Would I be a right fit? You know, should I apply for a, a minors or a majors? You know, what t- what team should I wait for? That kind of dynamic in that sense. So, you in, know, I'd love to pick your three three minds if possible. All right. So, in my opinion, I think the best thing to do if you wanted to get into GMing, and me and Musha kind of did this when we started in, in Florida, is 
if you know that you're going to be interested, first, the first thing you got to do is, like you said, you need to be active. You have to kind of make a name for yourself that, hey, I'm going to be a big user. So you have to do that before you kind of get, you know, into GMing. And the best mm. way to do that is, like, get active just like, just like you did. You know, you've, you've been everywhere, all over the place. Like, everybody knows exactly who you are, and you've only been here two seasons. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure. the second, like, everybody, everybody had, like, we're going back to last draft. Like, everybody had you going, like, top two pick in the draft, no matter what. Like, every, as soon as we got the pick, everybody was like, when we, when, we, when we made the pick for you, everybody said they were probably one of the biggest and best, like, scouting interviews that they've done in a long time and we got that from like oh wow 10 different teams like so many teams messaged us being like best pick of the draft hands down like when we made that number one pick like everybody knew like that was worth the number one pick you know um but yeah but getting involved like that's like it's it is because of how involved you got in the league um so from there what i say is be involved get involved Mm. in a war room me and Musha like kind of like building people up from the war room, kind of like mm. a pre-GM, like teach them the ropes mm. type thing. And then definitely go to be a co-GM first in the minors, just because then you can mm. kind of get more of that. Like here's here's the stuff that you couldn't do while you were in the war room, but you kind of heard about. So you get a feel for it. And then it kind of like just think of it like as like you're going up the ladder. You go from player, war room, minors co-GM. Miner's main GM, and then you can go into the majors. Because the, the big difference to me between the only difference between the minors and the majors is you got to know you got to work contracts, mm. and that's the big main difference uh, to me. Um, but the minors, you got to keep people involved because that's where all of our activity comes from. And the majors, you kind of know people are going to be active, so you don't got to worry about that part as much. Like, the people mm-hmm. who are on your team, they've already earned, they've already been active, so you kind of get an idea of who they are versus the minors. You also kind of, you got to be a person who can keep people invested uh, and just not stay on top of them in the point that, like, you're annoying them to do their work and making it sound like it's a job, <laughs> but, like, just try to keep them, I guess, motivated. Like, hey, you know, good job. You have to just message them, like, good job, like, even if their player's doing terrible and you know their player's doing terrible try to show them the bright side. Like, I mean, let's be honest, like it sucks if you're a pitcher in the minors because you're a starter, really you're, you're, a, you're a hundred TPE and you have a seven ERA three quarters of the way through the season. And you're like four and 14. Like you obviously you're like, well, <laughs> at least you got a hundred strikeouts. <laughs> like, like you gotta, you gotta look at the bright side. And, and to me, like I always tell people, True. Hey, yep. the, the minors is for batters. <laughs> and I, I just, I just think that's how it. It's, it's made. If you look at the minors' history, and look at like the the average ERA versus the average like batting average or runs per game, it's mm-hmm. way more heavily favored for batters just in general. So that's what I think is is like you kind of just like, you gotta like just slowly move up the totem pole if you want to get into GMing, but also make a name for yourself because like if you're applying for the job and you're talking if you're talking to minors HO like taco shop. Um, in like, if you're some rant, I don't want to say some random, if you're somebody who just like, nobody knows who you are. You're like, you just created a week ago, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, I want to apply for this GM slot. They're going to probably say no, because you're brand new to the league, mm. you know, versus somebody who's kind of been there for a season or two. They're all over the place. Like everybody knows they're def- definitely like enthusiastic about the league. They're going to give them that shot. 
and that's what they look for. They look for people who they think will who are already involved, or at least showing they want to have involvement and in activity and things like that. And then you kind of just learn from there and slowly work your way up. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I mean, when I first started, there was a role in the Kingston War Room that only I held that was called GM in training. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm pretty much in agreement with that. I think it should be a rule. You can't be a major GM unless you've been a minors GM. I understand mm. they're always looking for majors GMs. That's why they don't do that. But it just, that's how I think it should be. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, you kind of learn the ropes of GMing a little bit as a GM in the minors. Um, mm. Not so much like the cap aspect of things, but just like how to handle a team, how to handle users, how to talk to people. Um, like I'm really good at the sim engine. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm kind of psychotic. I'll sit there for hours and hours and hours and run sim scenarios. But, um, as far, you know, as far as I had to learn how to interact with people more. So that's what I will say is, you know, the being a minor GM does that for you. Um, as far as timeline, I mean, I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, I was a minor GM within two seasons, so I don't really know, to be honest, but <laughs> I was, I was, my second season, at the end of my first season, they just said, hey, do you want a GM because our GM's leaving? So, like, right at my second season, I didn't even know they were looking for one. They just kind of said, like, hey, we're going to make you the GM. And I was like, okay. Or co-GM. And I was like, okay. And just kind of went with it. Like, I was already in the war room on my first season. Stuff like that. And they were just like, well, make them GM. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And the rest is kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, I agree um, exactly. Punk, we'd love to get your thoughts as well. The beginning is that the the major differences um, between the two is mm. the majors you have to deal with the financial aspects, but the minors you have to basically be a rookie mentor too. Mm. So that's what you kind of are trading for the two positions. Is the, again in the minors, everybody are you not everybody, but a lot of the people are brand new to the league. So your your goal is to be that mentor to teach people. You know how to how to update, how to be be part of the league, what they can do, all their money and all that stuff. So that way, when they get to the draft for the majors, now the majors GMs are able to to talk to them, see what they've done. Um, hopefully, they know what they're doing. You know, a season in, um, and and again, that's how you can tell if how active the minors GM is. If if you're talking to somebody that's been around and they were a minors draftee. And they still don't know what they're doing with anything. Then you have to kind of question what was going on. Like, how do they not know that? Now, obviously, some people learn really quick and other people don't. But again, that's that's where it's the minor's GM is that again you're you're mentoring that person. Yeah. Whereas, like Jimbo said, with the majors GM, you kind of know what that person's going to do. So it's not necessarily about training them on stuff. It's kind of reminding them how to do certain things. Or hey. Um, you know, it's Saturday. Don't forget tomorrow's update day, stuff like that. So that's going to be your biggest differences. And, and, and that's why, again, I. <laughs> it's, it's, like he's, it's like he's reading our And, and again, that's the thing is that it's a lot of the times that, that if you have the minor league experience, it's going to be so much more helpful for the major leagues. Um, but I think a lot of people, too, that are first timers with that get shell shots not really realizing the differences between the two. So 
I think it's best to be a minors GM first, but I can see if you're being trained by some a GM in the majors that's been around a long time that you're, you know, going to be able to pick it up and and do all that type of stuff. It's mm. just that's the biggest difference. Is, is again, you've got one that has the money and one that has the training. Mm. Um, yeah, that's actually, that's actually a good point. Is if if you can go and be a co GM in the majors with a long time mm. veteran, it's also like mm. that's a different scenario. But if you're trying to go in there clean, like say say it was just like you know when Seattle had no both GMs trying to leave at the same time, I mm. wouldn't say have two new users go be the GMs. I would say you need to have like a veteran there. You know, like that's just probably not a good scenario for two brand new people to go into. There's mm. been like, I mean, there's been times where newer users who didn't have any GM experience when took over teams, mm. and uh, <laughs> we'll say the teams didn't always pan out the best. I think that's the fairest way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I mean, when you have so many seasons in a row of just never having a winning record in like eight straight seasons that you've been building up this team now, and you still haven't passed twenty five wins, you know, and, and then you just leave because you're not doing anything. <laughs> it's, it's, you definitely want to have that experience first. Cause like, there's so many times just from being, you know, I don't know if it's considered leaking like the GM chats, but there's a lot of times where people just come in and don't really know what's going on. And mm. then they're just like, well, I didn't know this. Well, that's why we have, the rule books tell you all this stuff, so you can read the rule books about mm-hmm. GMing. We there's the GM training Discord. They, uh, they I don't, know if, I don't to, know if they have it for the minors, but I know it's for the majors. Uh, for the minors, I'm yeah. sure that they get. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So it's just like little things, like well, we didn't know that you know we had to <laughs> tell the minors that we were calling people up. You know, like <laughs> we didn't know there was a deadline that you pinged us for three times. <laughs> like it's just it's just little things like that where it's just like you could you could tell like you know when so I, I mean but at the same time you see that in the minors too like new GMs in the minors I'm not gonna lie they get sharked by everybody because they know if you go into the minors you don't know anything like you don't know trade values of anything so people are like I know when I was getting there people were offering like oh yeah I'll give you like a fifth round pick for I'll give you like a fourth and a fifth for your second but it's like it's the minors. There is no fifth round pick. It's not like it's not like other leagues or like once you're out of, I mean, depending on the draft class size, usually once you're out of like the end of round two, middle of round three, that's when it kind of starts dropping off in quality. So like those fifth and sixth rounders, like you're not trading a fifth and sixth rounder for a second. You know what I mean? <laughs> and people think that's a thing. Like I remember trying to trade like a first round pick and it was just like, Back in the day, a first round pick got you two firsts. If you traded like a top two pick, you'd get mm. a you trade you trade number one or two, and you get a first, a later first in that round, like probably like nine or ten, and then you get another one the next season, or you get a second round pick. Like not like, I mean, first and third can be different depending on where you are in the draft or depending on the class. Like it's it's not. It's, you always want to get more, but you're not getting like crazy things. And people just get picked apart like that. And it's just, you know, you got to learn a little bit. But like if you're a brand new GM and you're the main GM making all the calls and the minors, you're, you're kind of getting fleeced because you never had that 
you know, you didn't have like that mentorship of being behind a vet first. And of course, mm. not not everybody has that, uh, you know, situation pushed at them. So you can't always get it. But you know, it's I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like if for if you want the best outcome, it's best to try to, you know, mentor behind people, and then take that step up. You know what I mean? Like. Learn it, then take it, then start learning from the next level, and then take that, and then keep going until you're at the top of the ladder. But stop at majors GMing, because uh, mm. after that you just have HO. <laughs> Nothing like I said, HO HO was fun too. I just like doing all the financial <laughs> stuff. HO was a lot of fun. <laughs> My favorite thing right now, I, I can't say that actually. Never mind. I don't know if we're allowed to say. It. I, I don't. I don't know if we're. Ta- I don't know if we're ta- allowed to talk about like being a liaison but i mean is it is that considered a leak is it say like if i kind of no, say I like think there's a, a real, liaison real between book. gms and ho like doesn't mean anything right punk okay yeah so there's like a liaison between that kind of communicates gm and <laughs> ho and the best part to me about it is that i get to be back in the ho chat so mm. that's like my favorite <laughs> thing even though like i'm not supposed to talk in it i always just like crack a random joke and then I just like kind of like walk away, but there's so much more I want to say. But like, <laughs> obviously, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leak stuff for for those chats. But that's like my favorite thing about it. Like the chats are great, you know. Uh, I think Miner's chat is always a uh, a festive place. Uh, um, kind of a related topic in a sense. Um, just kind of thinking as kind of a new player and a lot of people joining us, right? Um, are there certain jobs do you guys think that could help build you up to, um, you know, to these GM roles? I, I know you've talked about kind of building people up, right? Getting people to get engaged. Uh, and there's, you know, the strategy part where you could learn from your other GM. But are there jobs that you guys recommend for someone new or someone back in the, in the PPE that could help build you up to figure out, you know, does this GM role really fit me or you know, could help build so that when you finally get your GM that, you know, you've built a good enough credence, uh, um, credibility that you built, you know, some of the basic there's skills really that can help you get a good successful that can help GM. With that. The key would be, well, yeah, I guess I can see rookie mentor to an extent. If you, you want to be mentor. a miners, yeah. Other than that, it's just asking. That'd be the best to get, to give you, you know, the idea. Get drafted by yeah. a team. Like, to give you really an idea. In, and learning stuff, just ask to yeah. be part of the war room. I mean, the worst that, that anyone can say is no. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Be part of the war room and and ask to help and ask to help scout. Mm. That's that's also like this whole thing nowadays of like being able to pay your team for helping you scout is pretty new. That used to never be a thing. You kind of just help scout and that was it. Like, but now it was like, hey, can we start paying people for this because they're actually helping us do things while we're still doing our normal GM stuff? It kind of like took it kind of took the load off the GM themselves. Um, but like, obviously, you know, the scouting can only pay two million a season, so it's not like you're getting you're not really getting a bank like a like a PVE bank money, but you're getting like the experience of like, well, you know, I've been scouting now, and the big thing about GMing is scouting people, talking to people. So like, in my opinion. If there's a job, the best job if you want to get into GMing because it kind of leads into scouting is rookie mentor because you mm. get used to you get used to talking to people. Everything else is kind of just like you know editing people's stats or being a Twitch mod. Um, 
uh, Punk, um, just from, you know, being in the minors for a long time, um, are there cases where you recommend people to be GMs? Just looking uh, at their yeah, interactions, actually a lot of their, time. Um, their engagement and such? Since I've been a part of Brew City, we now, I believe, have had seven people become minors GMs after that. I mean, again, Jembo counts, counts as one, but he was already a minors GM. But again, there's oh, wow. right now there is four other teams besides Brew City that they were on my teams at some point. And basically with all of them, I've you know talked to Taco Shop and been like, hey, I know this person is looking for stuff. Or in our, in our war room, we talk about it and be like, hey, I know this, this opening's coming up if you're interested. Um, the same thing happened in New York. I mean, Enoch at one point was collecting all the miners teams because I think we had five different miners teams that that um, were represented by people on New York that were miners GMs. So it's the same type of thing is that that you kind of see who's interested, you know, and you talk to the people and and especially again when it comes to the war room is you see how interactive people are and then if somebody says, hey, I'm interested, you know, I, I, I definitely reach out. Um, there was somebody this season that just got a minor's um, spot that, that had been asking me about all that stuff. And so the, the last few weeks was um, not necessarily training them, but answering a lot more of their questions, knowing that they wanted to do it. So that's that's one of those things, again, if you get in a war room and you're interested in that, that that GM that is there can, you know, talk you up, tell people um, that they're looking for for somebody. So it, it works out well. <laughs> yeah, I will say that. Uh, uh, Go ahead. Just to piggyback off that a little bit, I mean, I will say that that's kind of how it would work anyways. Yeah, I mean, like mine and Jimbo's, you know, GM tree underneath us is getting quite large at this point. But I mean, mm -hmm. I tend to I tend to be able to pick out people pretty fast that are probably going to be pretty good at it. Um, like when Jimbo had to leave and go <clears> to <throat> Indianapolis when we had just flipped to the Florida Flamingos, I chose Unconfident as my co-GM, who was oh. a who was a waiver wire pick that had been in the league less than a full season. <laughs> you were, you were a waiver wire pick too. I was, I was, yeah, I was a waiver wire. I, I literally created the day after the minors draft in season 24. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, but I think that's also part of being a good GM is being able to see the vision of people that could be future GMs because there's going to come a time you want to step down and you want to hand the team to somebody you trust. You know, that's kind of how, that's how I always view it. Yeah. You, you, I feel it's always like, you're kind of keeping it in the spirit of the team when like you give it to somebody who's been on the team type thing. Mm. Like, I always feel like, I, cause I always feel weird. Like, like, when not, when me and Musha came over C to Seattle, it was like, we, we were the outsider. Like the, we're the two new GMs coming to the team that all these players have already uh, have been on for seasons before, so it's mm -hmm. like you don't know how they're going to react to that, versus like you know when you've been on a team, say you know, uh, like say say in like four seasons I step down and I'll be like yeah all right maybe we should have Captain come up and be the co GM and then Musha takes over as the main GM or something like that and it's like you've been with the team you know the players and all that stuff so it's like. You never know what kind of feeling you're going to get when you're when you're somebody 
When you have somebody from the outside coming in, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. I could definitely see. I think that was the one thing that I wish we would have had um, right now, just starting off at Louisville, because, you know, when you look at the minor GMs, right, you see you had, you know, that boy returning back in Anchorage, um, you know, some of the newer GMs, you had Daylight being able to kind of take over from KC, you had Double Dub, you know, taking over in Amarillo, and then, you know, the great thing of State College, they, they got their their um, newer base of NAS base and then T-Stoles back in State College. I think Louisville, I was looking for someone to, to have that tradition, but unfortunately, I don't, I think, don't so. think um there was anyone that actually applied. Yeah, I mean, the thing, <laughs> the advice I would give you, Captain, is the same advice I gave you in China, and yeah, I don't mind saying it on a podcast. You need to, because you're new to the team, and it's a pretty, you know, it was a last place team, fairly inactive from what it sounds like. You need to make the team your own. You and your co need to make the team your own. Um, that's kind of what me and Jimbo did. We, we trust me, I took a lot of the heat for rebranding the Kingston Mounties, but the team was dead. There, literally, when me and him took over, there was one active user that was Shane. That was it. That was the only active user. Um, so you, you have to make it your own. And I told you, you need to reset the war room and start from scratch. That's what you need to do. That's, I mean, in reality, that's what I had to do. Um, even when we flipped to Florida, and that's just kind of how it, you know, sometimes it has to be that way. Um, I think that happens yeah. a bunch of the Yeah, you have to build the culture back up again. Yeah, exactly. Probably in the majors. Um, again, in the minors, you're going to have some teams that have two, three actives, and that's just, there's no way around that at this point. And it, so... It's going to be resetting it, and, and again, like he said, making it your own. But the thing is that it's going to happen to almost anybody. There's been times with Bruce City just because when you have a smaller draft that now there's only one new person that's really there. And with the minors, again, that's that's going to happen more. So it, it's there's going to be a lot more ebbs and flows, I think, of that. And, and that's where kind of getting some other people involved in like your war room and thought process and and you know even asking like hey x person are you in a war room i mean do you want to join our war room and kind of help out a little bit and it's not like it has to necessarily be somebody that's part of that team when it comes mm -hmm. to the minors mm. For kind of the newer players, right? Because um, one of the things that, you know, I'm thinking through is, you know, you want to build a war room that's not really too big, um, but, you know, it has enough people involved in a, a mix of, you know, people you trust plus, you know, some of the players that you could, you both mentioned. But uh, one of the questions is on the flip side, right? I think anyone new, they're, they're overexcited and they want to be, everyone wants to kind of be a part of the war room, but not always want wanting to, you know, commit or, you know, know much about the league. Um, on the on the flip side of, you know, it, you can get a lot of value of being a part of a war room, but um, from a GM side, you know, um, who do you want to add to the war room in the sense of, you know, out of the newer players or newer people in the league, um, who or, or when would the right time to kind of select the person and bring them onto the war room versus, you know, maybe kind of, you know, see how they get engaged for the rest of the season or, uh, or kind of, um, I don't know, is there any kind of criteria that we can look at so that we don't bring everybody into the horror room, per se? Well, I mean, I can say that in Seattle, we definitely, like, 
when we took over, we discussed it, and we completely reset the war. It was just me, Shane, and Jimbo all talking to each other at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, it depends. Like you, yeah. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. For me, I want to bring in people I trust. Some people um, miss that message. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was yeah. like no. It was known that it was going to happen. And then, like, I guess maybe people didn't see the message that it was going to be reset and, like, got mad, I guess, when they weren't in the war room all of a sudden. So, but we already, we, we talked, we talked all them and I believe smoothed things over a bit. Yes, I so. smoothed everything over. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but Musha's, Musha's my people person. I send Musha to talk to people. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it's kind of, um, it's kind of different for everybody, but, you definitely want to bring in people you trust. Um, there's definitely people that we drafted specifically to bring activity and to be in the worm. Like you're one of them, Captain. When we drafted you from day one, that was the goal. We were going to draft you first overall, and we were going to add you to the war room. So that's what we did. Um, <laughs> which I still find it hilarious. You were in the majors worm before a minors one, but that's besides the point. <laughs> yes. Um, but. You know, I mean, you know, it's kind of different. Like, um, we have, you know, in our war room, I don't mind saying, you know what I'm saying, we got Shane in there because, I mean, I, I mean, you know, they're a great user. And me and Jimbo have always just been, for whatever reason, have always been in close proximity to Shane everywhere we go. We just always seem to find ourselves, you know, in these random chats with Shane all the time. You know, which has always kind of been that way, at least since I've been in the league. Um, and then... We brought Jabs back into the war room because, you know, a great long time, you know, a great long time user plus Jabs is just a great person, you know. So it's just a matter of who you trust, basically. Mm. Uh, well, who do you have in, in your well, war room? How, how have you constructed that? Well, here's, here's the thing is that people that are miners, GMs, I've had to kick a whole bunch of people out the last few seasons. So the one thing too is again, since, since Bruce city was one of the last um, expansion teams <laughs> is we're now getting, getting into cycling people in the draft. So those original people that played for Bruce city back in the day are starting to retire and recreate. So some of those people that, that have been in the war room since the beginning, are now having to remove, like there was, we had to remove uh, Gordon Bombay and Phillies this last draft because they both got taken by other other teams. So, so a lot of it, obviously, we've you know you've got Danny and and Jabs are mm-hmm. both still there, and then we've got some other people in there. <laughs> yeah, I was one of those who had to leave too because I be, I became well when I went to Anchorage. That's when I got sent out of the. I've always told people too that, that if if something changes and you are in the want to come back, you are always welcome. So <laughs> also, I just want to say I don't care about leaking the war room. Yeah, I mean I don't because think it's it used to be you had a post your entire war room. Funny, though, that that so I really don't care. We were asked today <laughs> if there is any rules about the war room. So I kind of find that funny, and now that you just mentioned that, that that's probably why that question was asked.
Yeah, because, well, because it, it used to be back in the day. It's because we had the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there used to be a, a PT PT task where you would predict predict the first rounders of the draft. But the mm. war room already knew who it was because they're in the war room. So mm. we would have to you'd have to publicly post your war room every well, they season, got the, uh, they got and the they average, don't yeah. they couldn't get the TPE for the predictions. They would get like they would get they would get the average. Yeah. So that's why that's probably why that used to be a thing. Is you used to post you used to have to post your war room because yeah. we used to do draft predictions, but then they kept getting leaked all the time. Mm. Uh, and once they get leaked, it ruins everything. Yep. So they kind of just stop doing yeah, that's why, it. That's why because now, now the JPTs are worth TPE three in the off season. Used to be two, and then Instead spring of. training. Yep. And spring spring training. Yep. Mm. Uh, uh, kind of uh, related to this, uh, how many active users, or at least kind of uh, not the alumni, but active players, have you added to the war room? Is it? Is it? Who is it for? Me. <laughs> That's a punk question. I'm assuming for miners. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Just the, just the question of um, kind of involving the kind of current players, right? Not the great alumni or or other people that you rely on, right? But uh, for uh, for kind of current players, because miners, it's usually you know about two, three seasons. I think. Um, so how many the average, players have you kind of get, gotten involved in the war room? A season that we draft, um, and generally. If it's somebody that's really highly active, so mm, so like okay. the people that we're drafting next week, um, midseason, if they're highly active and they're they're seeming to ask questions, they they are very involved with stuff. I'll reach out and be like, hey, I just wanted to see if you wanted to be a scout for us this coming season. And you know, depending on how that goes, and if they want to scout, I'll ask if they want to do the war room after that. So generally, generally, what we've done mm. is it's it's been. The first season, kind of see how the activity is, and then reach out around week three, week four, and ask some other questions if we think they want to join. So, I know that the last three drafts, I think we've added five people, and then mm. we've had to remove we've had to remove two of them just because they've gone other places. So, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I could say in Anchorage, um, you know, I think in our class, I was the only one that was. Uh, well, yeah, I think they added three of us after a season, so all of us had to wait um, until year two, and then um, with me getting the GM job, I I was replaced at the end. <laughs> so I've had a short stint, but I think even getting added, I was added. Probably about a week or two after. Yeah, and um, again, I think it Seattle comes out of just the, so the that culture. Was, that was interesting. Because again, some GMs prefer having really small, you know, like the two GMs and maybe three people. Whereas other ones I've noticed want to have, you know, anybody that's been there. Again, it's going to be different in the minors, but you, you, on average, I'd say in Bruce City, we probably have 10 <laughs> people that are in there. Now, of those 10, you probably have four to five that are pretty active with it and the other ones are kind of there to pop in and, and out whatever so it's not necessarily that everybody's really highly active um and the miners i think 
compared to with New York's war room, I think everybody that's been in there is pretty, pretty active. And again, I think that comes down to just the fact that in the majors, you know, you're a team and you're pretty much going to be together for five, seven, 10, 12 seasons. Whereas in the minors, you're going to be there two, three, four together at most. So it's just that different <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> Tell, tell Enoch to let me back in. I promise I won't steal information. <laughs> um, I think um, at this time right now, I know the draft is, is happening and being talked about. So not going specific to the draft or the picks, but um, compared to like, because um, this draft is the S41 prospects that uh, um, had good years this year and are going um, to be drafted soon. Um, if you compare this S41 to, a, to the S40 and S39 class, um, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts because I think, you know, Punk, you've gone through the, the whole teams and then um, Jimbo and Musha, you've been, you've been kind of scouting them. But um, when you compare the classes um, from a general perspective, <laughs> um, any um, thoughts of how this <laughs> class kind of stacks up compared to the last two classes? Yeah, yeah. And it seems that seems to go every other season, the which last, is surprising. The last class was very pitcher heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like it's it's definitely on like a rotation, where like you'll have a very large class and then a smaller class the season after, and then it kind of just keeps back and forth. Like now, when I say a small class, I mean like the actual draft class sometimes is smaller, but we'll mm-hmm. usually always get people who join throughout the season. So like. I think you said right now we have, what, 30-something people in the 42 class? Mm-hmm. But I think the 40, or I'm sorry, the yeah, the 41 class I don't think was as deep, but so many people also joined uh, during so here's the what season I can, as I can well. Tell you that it kind of starts adding up to the point where you get around 40 to 50 the people. The season 42 class currently and it kind of like, the it kind of built same up amount there. of people that the majors is drafting right now. Um the the S forty one class is the smallest class. Um, I'm going to assume oh, wow. ever. <laughs> yeah. But I have the last about twenty seasons worth of drafts, and it is the smallest one in the last twenty seasons. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm looking it up on the on the TPE tracker. Season forty was fifty four people. Season 30, yep. 39 was sixty nine people, and season wow. forty one, season forty one yeah. is thirty nine right now, and that's and that's not even meaning they're all active. So that's another thing you got to look at. Like once I think out, I think of like those thirty nine. I think there's at least like five or six, maybe ten that aren't active ish, or never even posted anything aside from creating their player. Mm-hmm. That's also another thing you got to look at sometimes too. Is you'll get those, um, but it's definitely it's definitely on like a rotation where you'll you'll go like mm-hmm. you'll have. We had a we had a time where we had some really bad draft classes. Like there was times where we barely. I remember in the minors where we barely got through two rounds. Like it was like there was like twenty three yeah. people maybe in the draft, but then people were but then people were creating and they all went to waivers. Mm-hmm. So. Like there was one time I think there was like twenty three picks in the draft, but then they created after we started, so we don't want to add people into the draft class while the draft is happening because it's kind of unfair uh, in a way for the teams that already made picks. So like 
it was like, yeah, the, the draft class was 23, but then there was 11 waiver people already there. So now mm. like, the class is already in the 30s. So it kind of just like keeps building up over time like that. It's just we seem to have an off week. But I think also yeah, S41 was, was the one thing where we did like so, yeah, there wasn't anything a lot officially of going on during like, the season. Most like, of the people that we had create create um an S41 after the uh, minors draft actually were were coming from the ISFL when they had their big their big um Reddit class two seasons ago. Um, a lot of those people mm. are who kind of filtered in last season for us just because they were hearing about it in their team's war rooms and locker rooms and all that stuff. So that's pretty much the only spot that we got people during mid-season last year. Mm. So so the best way to say it is, yeah, so so needless to say, S41 is... is is very mm, this class. This, this next class is looking fun. Good people. <laughs> it's just not a large draft. Um, when you look at kind of um, new players and kind of the ratio there, do you see new players, overall yes. new players based yeah, on what you're when, telling when us? When it came to last year, on the smaller side of this draft, class, it was. Um, only 25 people, and it was 13 recreates and 12 new people. So after that, obviously, you're going to have pretty much new people throughout the rest of the season for the most part. Oh, wow. But again, it was it was pretty 50-50. Yeah, like looking, looking at the 42 class that's already created, like just looking at the first 25 on the list, mm-hmm. I think there's only there's only like nine names that I've never seen before. So that's like there's at oh, least wow. at least 16 recreates just in the first 25 people. Wow. You know, like there, there's a lot of there's a lot, but that also happens too with the league. Like you got to think though, like all these big seasons eventually they'll loop back too because you know right now I think. Uh, you know, like this season could be all the people who, if we had a big class in S, I guess it would have been 27-ish right mm-hmm. now. A lot of those people are probably retiring and recreating now. So like if sometimes a big class will lead into a lot of people recreating at once too. Mm-hmm. So like this class, you know, 10 seasons, 11 seasons into the future, this S42 class. So when we get to like 53, 54, you might see a lot of these people all recreating again. It's going to look really similar and have another big jump like that it's just for the people who like staying in the league you know like sometimes people mm. take a break sometimes they don't you never know what's going to happen with, the, with those kind of things but obviously we always like recreates because there are people who have been here they're better yeah, that's one of those things people. too is that the uh, different people, philosophy you know is that you've got some gms that always like want that. to take recreates because yeah. it's people you know you've seen how they they do before and then you've got the other gms that always want to take that new person and take that chance and it's not like there's a wrong way with either of them it's just completely different mm. yeah um, I, I think for people especially if you look at just kind of looking back at last year right there were a lot of mock drafts and i think you know, a couple of picks, um, you know, Boise picking two to um, SD core. You know, I think I think there's been multiple picks where um, most people, when they're doing mocks, they haven't heard of, you know, certain ties and 
certain affiliations with certain players and teams. And because they haven't been as active um, in kind of the general chats, you would have never guessed. But um, definitely we're seeing, um, just from an overall community perspective, it seems like certain teams really like their, their former players. And then others, um, like Seattle and such, that are really open to, to picking newer players. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all it's all you know as a scenario comes up, like you can make the choice of having people that you're comfortable with and <laughs> you know teamed with before, like I don't I don't, I don't want to say anything for like this coming yeah. this coming draft, you know there might be a lot of people like like if I've been on it like okay if if I had the number one overall pick and Punk was in the draft class. I would probably mm. pick Punk because I've been on teams with Punk. You mm. know what I mean? Like I know what I'm I know what I'm getting out of mm. out of Punk. I know I'm getting someone who's gonna max earn, who's gonna help with whatever, who's been involved, you know, they do they do pretty much everything, you know. But it's, but there's also always those times where somebody, you know, like a Captain SB comes along and it's like, well maybe I'll think about it now, because now I can take, you know, new new blood to get them at that same level who are already kind of at that level and it kind of like just keeps building like it kind of like just builds on like okay well we we know what punk is, and it helps when you go with the new people who are who are you know obviously super active and you bring them into those kind of cultures and stuff you get them more involved and in turn it kind of just helps the community grow mm. like yeah, i mean a real life example of that would be i mean last was last yeah it was last season when we took Parm too, like we knew what we were getting with him. I mean, Jimbo had both been on teams with him before in other leagues, and you know, Jimbo had been on teams with this place. So we knew what we were getting, so it was a comfortability. But at the same time, at first overall, we kind of me and him pretty much like you know we discussed it, but we pretty much knew who we wanted to take you for sure. Yeah, well, like well, our thing was like last season. A lot of people had just, I mean, not to like put names out there, but a lot of people had Evoc being the number one pick. Evoc's been in this league a long time. Every one of their creates is amazing. They're a great user too. They're a great person. They're a great locker room person. You know, they were with Seattle for a long time. So a lot of people were like, Seattle's going to pick them. But it's kind of like at the same time, it's like we could get them as the obvious pick, but we can also go here, get somebody new, and kind of like just keep building up the community. Type thing, and that's kind of like what we went with. Like, there was nothing against picking somebody over another. It was just kind of like, I'm, I'm definitely me. I don't care about winning. I want to just have a good time, and with the people who are on the team. Not saying certain people aren't going to have a good time either, or certain people value winning on the team. Well, there's obviously people who value winning more than anything, um, <laughs> because you'll see people like, I only want to be on a competitive team. But I'm not saying. The other choices that we had at pick number one were those type of people. It was just kind of like, let's keep expanding our community, right? Because mm -hmm. now we bring you into Seattle. You know, we, you know, you're, you are, you're, like I said, you were already super active as it was. You know, we can be there to help, you know, expand your knowledge of the league. And then from there, you can go, like, now you're going into, I think it's public that you're going, well, yeah, you've already said you're, you're going into the minors. So now you're going to be in the minors GM. So now you start expanding. And it's just like it keeps building the tree of like that league community 
thing. And I, I, I'm more, like I said, I'm, I'm more of like a being, just like everybody being in it together type thing. Like, <laughs> say, you know, like, oh, team power, you know what I mean? Like, just, I'm all about, I'm all about the community and that's all I care about. Like, I don't care if we, we lost, we've won, we haven't even won 50 games in the last two seasons. Like, you think we care about winning right now? No, is it gonna, is it gonna come? Sure, but as long as we're showing improvement and like, we as a team believe in the system, we're coming together as a group. That's all that matters to me, you know. And in time, as stuff keeps going, people will either move on, but they still might take that aspect somewhere else, and it keeps the community growing. Yeah, and we so definitely have fun in Seattle. I just want to say that we have fun, even though we lose. We have fun. Yeah, like <laughs> that, that's that's my take on it. I should that, that's just my take on it. Of like, I'll I like build, like we know what we're getting out of people, but like you also know like. I could pick somebody at one overall who doesn't talk in the locker room, but I know they're going to get everything that they want. But it's like, mm. you know, it's it's it comes up to really just like spur the moment. Like literally, when we were making that pick last season, it was it was a coin flip. We were just like, <laughs> what do you want to do? The war room was divided. Do we go captain? Do we go Evoc? You know, and we were just like, you know what? Let's flip for it. We know we're getting a great. We're going to get a user who's going to do everything. Who's going to be? They're both pitchers. It was literally like it was a win-win, no matter who we got. And we were just like, you know what? We, I mean, obviously we didn't literally flip a coin, but it was like we we're just like, here's like we we were like, here's like the pros of both. And it was just like, let's just take the chance and give the new user the experience of being one overall. <laughs> why not? So, like, why not? It would make them so like you got super excited when you were one overall. You didn't. Yeah. In all of in all of your in all of your scouting, you're like, oh, I'm a second round pick. Everybody said the same thing. Everybody said like he told everybody he thinks he's second or third rounder, and everybody was like in the GM chat. Everybody was like laughing, like, damn, he has no idea that he's actually gonna be like a top, like that. He's he's a top three minimum, like no question he gets out of the top three. You know, like that was just how it was. So it was like I'm always one of those people who was like, let's give them that like hey they're one overall they're a new user it's their first ever create first ever draft look at all the stuff that they've done let them like show them that it paid off like, yeah and i knew we made, immediately knew we made the right pick when we posted the pick and i started getting dms all of a sudden <laughs> yeah it's instantly instantly we got I, I, we got like five six messages each from different teams saying like great pick perfect new user all this type of type of stuff and it was like you know like i'm sure other teams would have got that if they took you at number two and we didn't go with you at number one. But mm. we're like for me, I've always been one of those people like let's people have fun. When I was when I was a minor GM, I did the same thing. I was like, let's take a chance. Who cares? You know? If we lose, so, we lose. If it's fun, it's fun. <laughs> so I could tell you a positive of this is um um I could say um I think uh, this new class, right? S forty two, it's a bigger class and you know, it's it's a nice mix of you. You, you have a lot of uh, recreates that you mentioned, but you also have, um, you know, newer players and then players that used that took a break and are coming back after a little break. And I would say, um, just the exposure that you've given me of being the first pick and being a new player and having succeeded in this model, um, I've actually been. Um, so it's funny. Instead of me scouting first, I've actually been scouted by the rookies first, saying they wanted to know me a bit. Uh, you know how as a new player or going back in the league uh, you know what what's been working and picking my brain a bit so i would say um you know being fortunate enough to have gone th through this it's uh, hopefully i'm hoping that kind of um give it back to the new players but it seems like it's 
it's helped me connect with some of the newer players that really want to, you know, get into uh, the PBE and really make a name for themselves. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a good thing mm-hmm. to have because they see you're a more recent person. So like, oh, the, like they look at it as like, oh, they were just like me a season ago, and now look where they are, and like they're widely known throughout the league now. And some people like that. They're like, okay, so it one, it might not be too hard to get there, you mm-hmm. know. And obviously, like they're willing to take chances on newer people to do things, you know. It's not a lot of a lot of sim leagues. It's very. I don't want to say. It's very political, but like you have to like know people to get into some places. Like you have to like like you won't get a league job in some leagues unless you know somebody or your GM knows somebody who's like the head of that group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I want to be like, oh, I want to be uh, an auditor, but it's hard to get that job because it's not what it, it's. It's a really easy job, you know. It pays a lot, so people don't leave it too often. <laughs> But you can get in. You only really get in there if you get like recommended by your GM, and your GM has to have that relationship mm-hmm. with the head, like type thing. So it's it's just what like sometimes it's hard to get into this, into those type of things. So it's like when they see somebody who's new who did it, they can relate better, in my opinion. Yeah, I could tell you in the S forty class. Just looking back, because you know we'll we'll have the minor draft soon as well. But um, I think I was one that were you know I joined a little bit late. Um, and then I've I've talked with a lot of the the new rookie class back then for the S40 from the Prospect League, and I think for the newer players, we're all excited. And when the draft that actually happened, uh, you know, we could definitely see a lot of the recreates, right, um, going first and and earlier, and a lot of our newer players, uh, and me included, kind of you know going later in the drafts, right? For me, you know, especially I I've, I fell down to the third round. Um, you know, there were great people that were, you know, second, third round, and even fourth round. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons where I thought, oh, right, as a new player, it's, you know, for the major draft, it's going to probably be the same. You know, there's 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 a big hurdle anyways. And, you know, instead of just having a, a season or two, it might take, you know, maybe my whole player lifetime to just kind of build a name for myself. But I could say I, I was personally surprised that, um, you know, people were you know, giving me a chance that were kind of recognizing me and then, you know, helping build my career. Um, you have people like Enoch that's always offering to give his advice. You know, Punk as well has, you know, it's been great picking his brain and then, you know, being part of War Rooms or, you know, um, Attic has been really kind of helping me with, you know, various jobs as well. But uh, I think this community, unlike, you know, what I've heard from other communities, has been really supportive. And you see a lot of people that, um, I think to kind of really think back what you're, you're saying, really try to help out and try to build this next so wave. So the difference between the majors active. and minors draft for newbies yeah. is that I, in I, the minors I, draft, if you're brand new, you have a week, maybe two, to kind of show what you're doing. And, and, you know, again, the recreates, everybody knows. Like, hey, this person's recreated. They were a max earner before. I don't know this person, but that person I know. Whereas in the majors, you've got that whole season to prove if you're a new person. Like, hey, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm earning everything. I'm doing media. Uh, everybody knows who I am. So that's the, the, the biggest difference is that in the minors, those, those new people do fall just because you have zero clue who they are. But as you see now, yeah. being a scout is the activities one of the biggest 
parts of it. It doesn't matter what your TPE is overall. It doesn't matter and, if your bank isn't huge. What matters is that you've been doing everything and you've been out there putting your, yourself out there. You've been helping other people when you're new yourself. Yeah, and, and it's also on to like, I'm not like not to, t I mean, rookie mentoring has been around for a while, but when I first started, I was a third round pick, um, just like you were. Um, and then, but I didn't post anything. Like when I first joined the league, I did all my rookie tasks and then didn't post anything for two weeks because nobody reached out and like told me that you could do more. I didn't know. But so, like, when you see people already doing that, or maybe they reach out. But I also wasn't like, I wasn't typing in the Discord. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that like, typing in the rookie Discord meant like, oh, you're getting more exposure for yourself. I was just like, I'm just posting on the forum. It's what we're supposed to post, <laughs> you know. So like, well, you see people like, but like, like, like Punk said, like at the beginning, you see somebody who they just did their rookie tasks, they created, and they haven't logged on since they created and did all that stuff, and they haven't logged on in a week, and you're just like, well. Should I take them? They might be in the rookie Discord. I don't know, but they, maybe they didn't respond to scouting or something like that. But yeah, generally, in those senses, minor GMs go with people who are more trusted. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they take the chance, depending on... It all comes down to what your team needs. You know what I mean? Like, if you're fully rebuilding mm -hmm. a team from scratch, yeah, sure, take a veteran, because they might be able to help. But obviously, scout them and make sure they'd be willing to help at the same time. Because you'll mm. draft a veteran, you'll draft a veteran who never wants to talk in the minors because they're already knowing where they're going to go in the majors because they're a might just force their way to a team or maybe they're a GM mm. and they're more worried about that at the moment. You know what I mean? Um, so they won't want to have time for the minors. Where like mm. Punk said in the, in the majors, you can see like you you've had time to build yourself up. Like yeah, sure you got picked in the third round in the minors, but then now use that season to show that like you should have been picked higher. And then you mm. probably will in the majors. Because, um, like, even just for your stuff, I think you were, like, you were dropping huge, like, media articles. I think, like, at the end of your first season, you were at, like, 30, 40 million. And I thought that was, like, crazy <laughs> for PBE Bank. I was like, I think that's, like, the most I've seen somebody do in one season. Like, as a rookie brand new to a league, especially, like, you know, someone who I haven't seen come from other sim leagues. Like, I don't know if this was your first league or not. It's my first. <laughs> yeah, like, especially like that. Like, this is your first sim league. And, like, at that point, people are like, is this person lying? Are they, like, a multi? Are they are, are they a multi of somebody else? Because they're doing everything, like, perfect and, like, the full min-max. Like, they're going crazy, like, with the stuff that they're putting out. Like, I don't think I got money. I don't think I passed, like, 30 million to, like, my second or third season and i think when you got drafted to us you already had like 50 mil oh no it was <laughs> like, higher than we were getting the weekly it was hilarious every week jim would be like oh well you know captain's up to 60 million now uh oh he's <laughs> past 65 million <laughs> yeah it was just like it, it was just crazy so it's like and you did you did exactly that like you went in the third round in the minors because people you were a new a new sim leaguer. People take that into into effect too, because it's like if somebody maybe it's their first PBE create, but sure mm -hmm. they've been in the they've been in the ISFL. So like the work is kind of the same. It's like they know kind of what's involved. Like they'll take people who like mm -hmm. who have an idea of like they've been in sim leagues. They know what it takes to earn stuff like that. But sometimes in my experience, I don't have good uh, like 
I don't want to say good rapport, but I haven't had the luck of like drafting people who main other leagues and having them mm. be top players. You know, so like whenever I, a lot of times I'll see an ISFL person, and I'm like, well, I don't really want them because they're gonna focus ISFL. So I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes I'll take the chance, but like I said, as as a first user, first sim leaguer, yeah, like and obviously it sucks because like you it, it it looks like it looks like it's a whole like buddy buddy game type things like oh they're just picking their friend because they know them and it gets like that you get that feeling but then you make the name for yourself then you show them why like like i said my first create was the third round my 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 majors draft i don't count it as a first round pick because i was a compensation pick oh <laughs> so i was number set i was number seven actually i, don't, I think there was only there wasn't 16 teams there was only 14 teams I was pick 15 in the draft. Might have been 16. I'll have to go back and check. Uh, but still, and at the end of the, but so I was like, I was mad that I was that late that I went through the whole first round without getting picked because I was, I was also the top TPE of my class. Mm. And then the same thing with, well, obviously with, with my new create, I got auto drafted because I was a GM. So I had to be a second rounder. Mm. Um, but same thing. It was just like, I was th- I'm the top TPE earner of my class this se- for this create too, and I'll probably do it. On- well, I won't do it on the next one because I'm, I mean, yeah, whenever that happens because uh, <laughs> I'm not no, max- I'm not I'm not maximizing my TPE, but it's just like that was still like I've never had the first round experience, and I've done I've been top TPE. Like you just prove yourself, you know. Mm. Like you never know, you never know what can happen, and and then like I said, I was at the round pick. My second season, I've been GMing since my second season in the league, aside from when I took off to BHO. So that's been five seasons, and I've been in the league now for, like, I started in season 21. So I've been 20 seasons, so I have literally, like, five seasons of non... I have five seasons of, like, non-GM experience, and one season of no-job experience. Because I, I, I count wow. HO as, like, a big-tier job, but, like, still... I was only not a GM because I couldn't. And then I went and GM the minors too at the same time. So I just always tell new users not to give up. Like, I mean, with my first player, I literally was a late joiner. You know, like I said, I created the day after the minors draft. I was picked up on waivers. Nobody even really looked at me. I was scouted by three total teams. <laughs> and I still somehow made it to the first round. You know, Did we even scout you? Oh, you're talking about the majors. What? Yeah. You're talking about so, yeah, yeah. majors. Yeah, I was scouted by three total teams: Indianapolis, Maui, and New Orleans. That was it. That was my entire scouting experience with my first player. Um, but I still somehow made it to the first round. It's just you know you just gotta you you know you just gotta keep going, keep earning. That's what I always say. You know, just do that. Yeah. A good a good tactic if people like are like that and they're like try to give them try to put them on like a prove them wrong storyline or like a like as you saw like we did with with gritty is our whole theme was like make your career make your career a redemption tour because you got cut by your majors team and this is like your second chance so make that your make that your passion like. Try to show them what they did wrong by dropping. Not that there was any reason they dropped them, but just be like, you know, just try, try to give them a motivation. Try to give somebody a motivation, <laughs> and then they'll 
work from there. You know what I mean? Not saying to tell them to you know go like bash the other team or anything, but just trying to give them trying to give them something that'll make them motivated to keep going. To so like, yeah, you're right. You know, like they cut me because you know I only I had it like I was busy with school, so I couldn't earn as much. But they never really asked me about it either. They just cut me. Not I don't think that's what happened. Um, so now it's like okay, so now go and be that top earner that they that they made the mistake of just because they didn't talk to you or try to figure out what the situation was. Like, go be that person and show mm. them that they messed up type thing. So, like, try to give your players, like, a like something to, to keep building towards, and then they'll stay involved. It's probably, like, a good piece of advice, I think. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I, I know we're way past the, <laughs> the hour and such, but um, I think this is um, the first podcast I've, I think we've had so many GMs in one, to be honest. So this is really exciting. Um, thanks, Punk, for being able to join us in Seattle. And thanks, Jimbo, for finally joining us. And then thanks, Musha, for, for constantly being here on the podcast. <laughs> thanks for having oh, me. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'd like to thank Punk for voyaging uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> over here to talk to us. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.